everybody, it's Matt. Welcome to another episode of The Health Couch. Today, I have Nedra Glover-Tawab, owner of Kaleidoscope Counseling here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm super excited to talk about this topic today because it hits a personal aspect of my own life that I know that needs to be addressed in a lot of people's lives. So, Nedra, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, I love to talk about mental health. Oh, so. really? Yeah, I that, do. It's my favorite topic. Really? Okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs> well, I hope it's your favorite topic, especially since you're doing what you do. I thought this topic was important because, you know, when I look at health mm -hmm. overall, you know, for me, I came from 365 to 200 pounds, and that was a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did not do mm -hmm. uh, was seek any type of professional counseling. Mm -hmm. Part of it was because I was anti, you know, I didn't think I needed it. Why were you anti? Um, because I'm like, I don't want to go sit down and talk to somebody about my problems. Like right? being vulnerable? Being vulnerable was a problem. Okay. Yeah, it was a problem for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back now, it's about it's eight years now when I did that, I realized, you know what, I probably should have gone to counseling. So mm -hmm. just as recently as about the last like nine months, I decided to finally go. Mm -hmm. And I totally, totally am excited that I did that because it, brought things up that I didn't necessarily address and deal with at that time mm -hmm. that I probably should have, especially since a lot of what, a lot of the changes I went through were mental first, right? Mm -hmm. When I think back to the process and the steps I took before I actually started going to the gym and eating right, there were a lot of mental things I had to do ahead of time. And so I think uh, our audience really needs to understand a little bit more about this. And that's why I'm looking to have you here mm -hmm. to help bring, uh, shine a light basically mm -hmm. on this, this area. So if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do? So I'm a mental health counselor, a licensed clinical social worker okay. um, here in Charlotte. I have mm -hmm. a group practice. Um, I do some speaking. I curate a lot of content just on advocacy and mental wellness. Um, my specific niche is working with people who have anxiety and folks with relationship issues. I talk a lot about um, boundaries, codependency, assertiveness, that sort of stuff. That's really my passion area. I just love mental health. Like I feel like um, so many of us have like anxiety and depression, and until we know what it is, we won't be able to address it. Hmm. Um, That's important. Go ahead. But I guess I'm wondering, like, when you say until you know what it is, like, how do people know, like, how, how would they be able to define what it is? If people maybe, you know, for me, I realized I had people in my life that said, Matt, you probably really need to look at counseling, mm -hmm. going to mm -hmm. counseling. But I was ignoring it for a long mm -hmm. period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, is that a way that people can kind of notice that they have these things or? You know, I think um, I, I could talk to people for about five minutes and I'm like, hmm, you're anxious, you're depressed. And I don't always say it. Okay. Um, but like if people tell me their stories and they're like, my mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, your mom is anxious. Like I can just hear it and mm -hmm. how you express things. Um, I think there are some things that are very common that we sort of push to the side as normal things when it's really like anxiety, like for example, sleep issues. Mm. Um, most people have sleep issues because they that's are true. having race and thoughts before bed, but we think that's just like, oh, I was just up all night thinking. Okay, and why is that not anxiety? You know, it's like, wow. we have these things and we don't, for some reason, again, it's this stigma around labeling things as anxiety. This is depression. Like when people say, oh yeah, I was raised in a house and my mom always sat in her room and she didn't have friends. And I'm like, wow, your mom was depressed. 
You know, she isolated. She mm-hmm. didn't, you know, all of these things. But for folks, that's like normal behavior. And it, it is because depression, anxiety is normal, but it's also something that's treatable. Um, so you can sleep at night. You can um, socialize with other people. I think you just have to know that what you're talking about is a mental health thing and is not necessarily a personality defect sort of thing. Like staying up all night is not anything in your personality. It may be something going on with your thinking process. So do you find that that we as people, right, or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you know, by the time somebody comes to you, right, mm-hmm. and says, Oh man, Nedra, I'm so glad to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like do you feel like it's it's like man, I wish you were here already, like, you know, six years ago, six months ago, six days ago, whatever it is, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they just, they feel relieved, but then you're like, okay, I got a lot of stuff, we got, we have a lot of stuff to work on right now mm. to kind of get you through, because they're looking for a quick fix, right? So, for, i give you a great example, and I'm wondering if, maybe let me clarify my question, right? Mm-hmm. So, for me, when I finally went to a counselor, mm-hmm. I, I think I was kind of looking for a quick fix. Like, mm-hmm. I walked in the door, and I was like, look, I'm gonna drop my money. I got we two gotta, sessions. We got it. We got yeah, exactly right. <laughs> That's it. We're gonna get it resolved. And and after the first session, I realized, oh okay, I got a lot of things that I really need to work through. I sometimes have people who who seek a quick fix, um, okay. especially if you know, like some companies will say, oh, you have EAP services. We have six visits. You can go see a counselor for free. This sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And people really think like, oh, six sessions, I'll be cured. And I'm like, well, you've had this issue for 12 years. You know, I don't know <laughs> right. if six sessions right. would be enough to, you know, or if it's somebody with childhood stuff, it's like, okay, so you were born and you were born into yeah. chaos, yeah. but yeah. you want me to fix you in a month. That's, you know, maybe four visits once a week. That's a that's a tall order. And that I is think a really tall order. It's a very tall order. And I think when you, you know, kind of map it out to people in a way like, you know, let's talk about what's realistic and what's not realistic not realistic for you to be here forever right right but let's let's say that you'll be here for as long as you need to and we'll know what that time frame is because you'll start to feel better and you'll start to come in and it'll be like hey you know i feel better this has improved Mm -hmm. that that time frame is different for everybody Mm -hmm. i can't say you know it'll be six weeks it'll be six Mm -hmm. months it might be six years for you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's based on your adaptation to, you know, the stuff we're talking about, you implementing this stuff, and, you know, how, how things are shaping up in your life. It's no one-size-fit-all sort of thing. I think that's important that you just called out. You, you called out a lot of great things. I think one of the things that you that you really call out in that whole statement is is really like the one, there's no one-size-fit-all, right? Mm-hmm. And I find that we have a Netflix mentality on things. It's yes. like... I just want it right now, you Absolutely. know, and, and you're going to another human, mm-hmm. no matter if it's who it is, but you are going to another human, which is a counselor. Absolutely. And they're not just going to all of a sudden just a, a well-trained counselor. I'm assuming it's not going to all of a sudden flip it on. Okay. You, like, like Netflix, pick a movie mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're fixed. Mm-hmm. I think knowing that you're going through a journey, not necessarily mm-hmm. the, like, it's not the, the destination isn't the counselor. Mm-hmm. You, it's almost like you're bringing the counselor on this journey of, mm-hmm. of wellness, like getting better. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, Hey, come walk with me. Cause for me, I did think I was going to be with the counselor for a couple sessions and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Then I get I went through another phase where I was like, oh, you know what? It'll probably be like a couple months and I'm good, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's been seven months now. And now sometimes we, people leave and come back. Right, and I've reduced my sessions mm-hmm. like tremendously because I just don't need as much. Mm-hmm. But but I think it's good to hear like that's normal mm-hmm. to 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 first off it's normal to not uh, to to first off it's normal to, to go in and you're like okay. 
feeling like you could just fix it quickly, but it's also normal to know that, hey, it doesn't fit everybody, right? Mm -hmm. There's no set time, no box. You know, mm -hmm. you just kind of have to work mm -hmm. through it. And, I, and, I, and I'm wondering if, if people understood that up front, would they be more willing and open to jump into counseling? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You think so? You know, I think the the biggest hindrance to people actively seeking counseling is not wanting to be vulnerable mm. and then also cost. But there are a lot of costs associated with not paying for counseling. Like that's not to, that's not a cost. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. a that's a benefit. Like that's if true. you you know, like that's you know, if you think of the profit and loss losses, that's that's a profit. That's not well, you know, that's not a loss to you at all to say, okay, here's I don't know, one thirty, one fifty, eighty-five dollars. I mean, shoot, you can find some folks for thirty dollars. It benefits you tremendously to put that money into yourself instead of working from this deficit of overfunctioning, being mentally unwell, and losing in other areas. I don't think we see the yeah. benefit because we're so focused on, oh my gosh, that's how much it is. Oh, I got to take one hour, you know. Right, or, oh, right, right. you know, all of these things, you know, when I hear people say, like, I'm not ready, I don't want to open up, and it's like, you're, you, you still have to deal with this thing every single day that you make the choice not to deal with it. Like, you're still up point. at night. You're wow, still that's losing. a really good point. Like, you're still, let's just get to it so you can be done with it. It's not this thing that you have to, you know, you'll always have to think about this stuff. No, this is getting to the part where you actually address it so it's not weighing on you every day. So avoiding it is not a way to treat any sort of mental health issue. And I think we have this sort of avoidance mentality that we can just move by past stuff by not addressing it. I think what, what gets people to be vulnerable. I'll, I'll, I'll put myself out there again, right? So one of the things that really kind of helped me realize that I needed to finally do it mm -hmm. was I had finally gotten to a point where I could not sleep. I was breaking down. My mm -hmm. communication with my wife was just not where it needed to be. And I was at the bottom. And I was mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, this has to happen. Like, I felt like I had no other choice. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like forced vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And once I got in there, I guess, again, picking the right counselor, mm -hmm. I felt super comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to have that, that conversation. So how do, how do we help people? I mean, you don't have, some people do get to rock bottom. I, mm -hmm. I felt like I was at whatever rock bottom was mm -hmm. for me. But how do we help people realize, okay, here's, what's safe, here's how you can safely go into this and not feel threatened? Right. That, you know, being vulnerable. So I think we get to the place of being open to being vulnerable when we get tired of being unwell. OK. Like we just hit a that's, brick that's wall a with unwellness. Like our anxiety is so bad we can't function at work. Our anxiety is so bad we can't drive or our yeah. depression is so bad we haven't talked to people. But like when it gets to the point where you're like, man, I used to like to work out all the time and I haven't been in four months where it gets to a point where you're like, this is not OK anymore for right. me. Like I need an extra push. Perhaps this will be the thing. I think that's when people are open to maybe seeking some counseling. Do you do you find that sometimes people's vulnerabilities are uh, I don't know, are well everyone everyone has levels of vulnerability. Do you think just their past experiences or like their friendships, their relationships Absolutely. is what impacts it? Absolutely. You know, one of the, the spiels that I have to give people, you know, when they first come in, I'm like, hey, you know, I can keep everything private with the exception of, you know, you're gonna if you're gonna hurt yourself, harm a kid um, or harm, you know, somebody else or something like right. that. But 
if you tell me, hey, I smoke weed every day, guess what? I can't do anything about it. <laughs> it's like, who better to tell your secrets to than a person who can't tell anybody? Oh, that's a really, really good point. Like, yeah, yeah the outlet. You I remember in high school, we had a school social worker. And I, for some reason, I could never make that list. I'm like, I want to see the school <laughs> social worker. And they're like, no, no, she needs to see the kids with behavior issues. What do I have to do? I'm like, this lady can't speak a word of anything. Like, I can, wow. I can tell her whatever I want to. Right. And I think right. I saw her one time. I'm like, what we talk about is confidential, right? Mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, yes. I'm like, oh, spiel. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like unbuttoning your pants almost. It's like, I can say anything and you like, you don't really have an opinion. Like, you support me and you guide me. Right. Wow. Right. Who are you? Yeah, that's good. You know, one thing I will say too, like that's, that's huge. What you just said about being able to uh, just open up to somebody yeah. you know, and, and and it's really and I'm I'm saying this not, not I'm not a licensed counselor at all mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. I think that we as humans do judge mm-hmm. right to Absolutely. some degree and I think knowing that counselors may also have their own judgment of you internally in their own mind or predispositions mm-hmm. but it's not something where they're putting that back on you to mm-hmm. to, to 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 make you feel bad or use it against you, like because like like some unfortunately some relationships, families, friends, absolutely, you know whatever they'll take something personal that you share with them and mm-hmm. throw it back at you later on in a conversation, or you may be going through something with that person and you're like, yo, you're like this because of your mama, right? Or whatever. Yeah, and, and I think <laughs> you, know? you know, I you know a lot of my a lot of things that I say is around stop talking to your friends and family and talk to a counselor because it, they yeah. they are absolutely biased. Like, your mom has, like, she wants you to do a certain thing. Your friend wants you to do a certain thing. So they are absolutely biased. And it's not me. You know, they want you to be with a certain person. You could really like somebody and they're like, no, I think, you know. Like, they have these things for you and it's coming from a good place, but it's not your gut. It's Mm. not your feeling. So I think a lot of times when people come in to see a counselor, they automatically assume that I am biased. And so they make a lot of statements around, this is going to sound bad. Mm. I probably shouldn't say this. Mm. Or they say something, which I think is pretty normal, like, oh, my gosh, my co- my coworker gets on my nerves or something. And they're like, um, does that make me bad? You know, like, and I'm mm. like, no, that makes you a person who sit next to a person who chews gum too loud. You know, you're not a bad person for that. Let me ask you this, just to switch now from the vulnerability side and mm-hmm. being aware, let's talk about cost. Mm-hmm. You know, Counselors aren't cheap. Mm-hmm. They just, some are. They, they, well, some are, but then, the, well, actually, let me say it another way. Mm-hmm. Counselors aren't inexpensive. Okay. Um, or can not be, you know, inexpensive. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. you said, some are. Mm-hmm. But then I worry about what about cheap counseling, right, <laughs> versus quality counseling. And, or higher price counseling? Well, I mean, even higher price, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, right? So maybe I that's something you can help us out with. Like, how do, let me, let me clarify the question. How do we know if what we're getting is good and because we're putting and we're putting money out for it so how we deal with those two things you know like i help people find counselors a lot i get a lot of dms my friends call me and i look at a few things i look at your picture i want to make sure that you have a quality picture i check out what you actually treat and what methods you use to treat those okay Okay. Um, that could be on a lower cost website. That could be on a higher cost website. I pay attention to do you answer your phone? You know, there, just just things like that. Um, you know, and 
I kind of go from there. You know, I think when you meet with a counselor, no matter what the cost, it's about your vibe with that person and your mm -hmm. connection, the energy, all of that stuff. And so that person could be $30 or that person could be $150 um, or $200. You know, I think it really yeah. depends on what you're looking for. I think the mistake that people make sometimes is they just look at a picture and they have no clue. Um, or they take a referral from someone and, and that person is not good for them. So I think right, you have to do a right. very good job of understanding what your issues are and finding a counselor that in their write-ups exactly says what your issues are and not trying to make them fit what you want them to be because you like the person or something or, like that. Or, or because you like the price. Or because you like the price. Because yeah. Some things, you know, you're going to be priced out of. And that's that's okay. That doesn't mean that you have to see that person. Maybe there's somebody else. But, um, you know, if you really want it, you'll pay for it. And I, I certainly have that issue with folks sometimes where they're like, oh, my God. And I don't have a lot of availability. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, so this is what I have. And, you know, people seem to make it work. And it's, you know, it works out. That's good. And I think with the, with the cost, too, as well, and I'm saying it's not knowing hundred percent right how it all works mm -hmm. but I know for me I pay I pay cash mm -hmm. for my for my visits but I do know that counselors do take insurance uh, insurance mm -hmm. and I don't know do, do counselors take Medicaid yeah yeah okay great that, that's good and so um, and what about Medicare any of that as mm -hmm. well as well that's good to know so if, if, if we have these options that are out there for us to be able to pay for it mm -hmm. then maybe you know I don't know if like looking at your own finances or budgeting or something like that is something that's part of the counseling process is saying, not saying we cannot pay for counseling, but maybe looking and saying, you know what, this is what I can afford in counseling. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make room in my budget to pay for counseling because it's that important to me to mm -hmm. be able to say, I'm going to go see a counselor. Mm -hmm. and you may figure out, you know what, I got 50 bucks a month that I can spend. At least fifty dollars is being spent on something towards that versus nothing at all. I'm mm -hmm. assuming, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, but mm -hmm. I'm just thinking to myself, like, how do people get into it and not let money be a stop or a barrier for them? You know, you know, you get where I'm coming from with that. Well, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like my shopping philosophy. Like, I will buy things if I really like it, no matter what the price. I prefer it be on sale. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I even like I go for sale first, but then I have to assess like, would I pay full price for this thing? Like, if I wouldn't pay full price for it, then I wouldn't. Like, if the counselor, if this counselor is a great fit, right, would right. you pay 150 to see that person? Sure. Yeah. So it shouldn't be, I'm only going to pay $30 to see Got that person. Got you. Okay. All it right. should be, this is a really good person. I want to see this person. I'll figure it out. Because I think we do for so many other things. For hair, for nails, for gym memberships for you know food eating out for all of these things we'll put a place in our budget for starbucks right mm -hmm. but we don't want to add that line for mental wellness and i think that that should be a line as well and so you have to fit someone based on you know the type of person you want to see because i get a lot of folks who say like i've been to four therapists and i often wonder why would you even go to that person with this issue like i've you know why would you even go to, well, mm. they were close to my house or they you know, they had a good price. And I'm like, you know, sometimes, you know, I've, I've driven an hour to see a dentist because he was a really good dentist. I'm not basing it on proximity. I'm sure I'm passing up a lot of folks to get to the place that wow. I feel is the best for me. That's a really good point. So it's like, why do you think we marginalize mental health so much? 
Sometimes I think we think that is not as important as it is. I think we think it's like, um, you know, like something we could do. And But I, I think that with counseling, what people fail to understand is most of your progress is dependent on your connection to your therapist. Mm, got it. So right. you can have a therapist who has all these awesome techniques and certifications and does all of this stuff and it not be helpful for you because you don't connect to that individual. So I think a large well, part of it is just making sure that you have a good connection and that part is priceless. So I tell people uh, now, like, hey, um, I feel like you can lose the weight, but who you are won't catch up to you mentally you don't use, for a while. You don't lose the weight brain. No. That's yeah. a good point. You don't lose the weight. No, you mm -hmm. don't. And that takes so much longer. Like, I feel like in late 2016, mm -hmm. which is a full six plus years mm -hmm. from when I was done losing the weight or just almost mm -hmm. six years, was when I finally felt 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. Like, mentally, like mm -hmm. 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. Is that pretty common from what, you know... Absolutely. I think when people lose a significant amount of weight, a lot of the conversation in therapy is around self-worth, self-esteem, mm -hmm. healthy habits, mm -hmm. uh, relationships, because let's face it, sometimes people are in relationships with you because you are the friend who always listens because because of your weight, you have, you know, like barriers to dating and these sort of things. But once you lose weight, guess who's the party girl? You know, it's wow. like you're this whole, you know, you're this whole new person that people have to sort of, like you said, your wife has to adjust to that. And so there is some shifting that happens with, you know, weight loss. So it's very common for folks to come in um, and talk about weight. But, you know, I, I sort of treat, um, you know, weight issues as eating disorders. Okay. In that um, it's still an eating disorder, it's just an overeating sort of thing or mm. um, a habit of eating too often or, you know, however you want to put it. I think mm. it's one of those things that a lot of things you see with people with anorexia and people with bulimia, you also see with people who may be ob obese or overweight. You know, it, it's, I'm, I'm so glad you touched on that, like anorexia and bulimia. Like, I, I had the opposite problem, right? Or oh, the opposite challenge, was mm -hmm. I was large and I had to lose weight. Uh, do you mind going a little bit deeper into that? But that, isn't, you know, I think, you know, most of those things have to do with control. I mean, you're exercising your control, like, I can do what I want, like, I have this complete freedom, but it's still you being able to control this thing in a very mm. opposite way from somebody wow. who's okay. trying to control it and I don't have to put stuff in my body. You're like, I can put whatever I want to in my body. So it, it, there are still some of wow. the same I've never heard of that like that before. underlying sorts of things that I think occur that... Um, we don't necessarily connect, but, you know, I think I think that's a commonality in many things that we face. You know, I think sometimes um, people think of, you know, weight to me is is kind of relative. I always tell people I'm the biggest person in my family and they laugh. Ha, 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 ha. But my mom and my sister are very small. Mm. And so they're like, oh, you're getting big. <laughs> yeah, honestly, when you, when you made that statement to my own mom, I was like, you're not the biggest person in your family. Like, I, I am. Wow. You know, but... But I think that, you know, they still have weight issues. Like, mm. if one of them gets 130 pounds, it's like, I have to do, so, I have to control this weight. So it's that same sort of thing of overeating, undereating. You know, people have a thing with food. It is not necessarily always about weight. It's about mentality. 
And I think people at most stages have self-esteem, self-worth, eating issues, body image issues, Um, no matter what size you are. I mean, I've I've talked to some small people who hate, you know, they think their arms are too big or they think their legs are too, and Mm. it's like, really? Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's like this, you know, we have this thing with our bodies, whether we're, you know, eating too much or eating too little, I think is, you know, it's like a thing. One other last thing I wanted to touch on is children. You know, um, how how can we help our kids, either the kids we have ourselves, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you have kids, I have kids, but then also, you know, just teenagers, children, when it comes to mental health. Like, you know, if I were to think back to my own childhood, I, overall, I had a great childhood, right? Mm-hmm. But I definitely can look back and say, okay, I wish I would have done this at the age of 13, 14, 15. You know, is that something that you get into much? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that adults could do for kids is listen to them talk. Okay. I think so many times um, adults sort of become adults and forget that they were kids. and mm-hmm. they're, Or, you know, sometimes some adults don't have kids, but we were all kids, right? That's how we got to be adults. And so you know what it feels like to have these experiences. And so when kids try to talk to you about them or you have some indication that something is brewing, I think it's very important to mm. allow them to talk openly and mm. try not to be judgmental and allowing them to make mistakes or, you know, supporting them in the right direction and that sort of thing. But I think what happens is we're so, um, we've, you know, kind of grown into this society of shielding kids from stuff instead of them teaching them how to deal with it, mm. right? Like. Hey, mm, that's a good point. If this happens, you know, this is how you can address it versus like, no, you can't be around this thing. It's like they're in the world. Like they're around that's this stuff. Point. So teach them, you know, uh, maybe, you know, some things, but ultimately they should be able to think for themselves. And hopefully because, you know, you, you are an example, you listen to them, they're able to process it, talk like you're a mentor. Like mm. basically that's what a parent is yeah. to me. Like that's a good point. you're a mentor. Like, it, Is it almost fair to say that like, parents are almost your kid's first counselor? Sure. I meant today I was telling you, like I was outside gardening with my four-year-old and we, you know, we ran into some bug issues and it's this thing. It looks like a caterpillar. It's like this long, Mm -hmm. it's thick and it's green. And my instinct was going to house, get your husband, girl. So so I went in the house and he's like, you can do it. You know, he pumps me up. Yeah. And I was like, come on, we're going to go outside and get it. We're girls. And she's like, yeah, we got this. (laughs) So we went outside. I had a broom and a dustpan and I got it. We threw it across the yard. And then there was a grasshopper. And I was like, I don't know if we could get it. She was like, we could do it. We're girls. And, you know, like she took on what I was teaching her because now she believes like girls can do anything. And she tells me all the time, like, you're stronger than dad. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I am mentally. Right, 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 right. That is good. I can can think really hard. hard I think strong. But I can't lift. (laughs) Right, 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 right. No, yeah. Um, But, you know, I, I try to, you know, um, you know, just like mentor her in that way and, you know, like teach her, like she'll say like, this is girl stuff. And I'm like, no, it's like people stuff. And then she'll say, oh, it's people stuff. Or, you know, even with the strong stuff, I'm like, no, dad is just as strong as me. But, you know, her first belief was, you know, men are stronger, they're bigger, mm. you know, so just like, like, you know, women can do stuff too. Come on, let's conquer it. That sort of stuff. You know, it's mentoring. 
You know, it's, it's, it's showing her that you are capable of all this stuff you think you're not capable of. Look, girl, we did it. You know, so wow. just huge. just showing them, you know, that you can do tough stuff. You can survive hard things. That first day of school, guess what? It happens one time. You'll be in the sixth grade for the first day one time. Mm-hmm. It's not forever. So let's talk about it. Yeah, that was tough. You know, what, what can you do different tomorrow? Not like, here's what you need to do. You know, because I think that's the parenting way. This is what you need to do. And it's like, you know, well, what are your thoughts? What do you think is a good that's step? That's important. That's really important. I, I appreciate you saying that. I think, and the reason I want to make sure we touch on the kids is that kids become adults. And then we end up in your office. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Absolutely. And, so, and, and, and we want to be in your office no matter what. And my job but, is yeah. undoing the damage that some parents have done. Because a lot of ta- a lot of times, That's real. parents are teaching their kids not to be assertive, not to think, keep quiet. You don't have an opinion. You're a child. All of this stuff where I have to say, wow, that's, no, that's real. you can tell your coworker to stop coming to your desk. But it's so mean. Well, who taught you it was mean? Your mom, because you had an aunt who was intrusive and you couldn't tell your aunt that you didn't want to be kissed in the mouth. And but why not? Why can't you say to an adult, hey, please don't kiss me in my mouth? (laughs) You know, it's like, why can't you say these things? Hmm. Like, there's a way to say them, and that's where the mentoring comes in. Like, if you feel like your body is uncomfortable with someone, this is how you say it to someone. Yeah, and that's good. But if you're uncomfortable, you know, it's okay to be uncomfortable and leave a situation. I don't care who it is. If I make you a cut, you're like... It's okay to be uncomfortable and express that to people because I don't want you to be in uncomfortable situations, but stay there because you think you're being mean. Hmm. That's it, man. That's I don't know. It's just it's just mind blowing. It's just, it's mind blowing the level of accommodation that we do for people that all of a sudden puts an inconvenience in our own lives. Absolutely, is unbelievable. It's and it's, that's scary when you really think about what that what that means. We carry these messages like forever and we will you know talk about stuff that we were taught that does not work for our life it doesn't work for our life but we're like kids should da 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 or i should da 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 and it's like but you seem so conflicted with living in that way that you were taught to live why are you trying to do it and when we really get to breaking it down it's like huh i don't even know like it's no benefit for me like you have to figure out your own stuff and sometimes it's not going to be acceptable to anybody. Are, is it against the law? Is it, you know, like, right, there, right, 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 <laughs> there right. are some things where it's like, okay, no, you should not do that. That's against the law. But there are other things, like, you don't have to clean your house every day. I mean, sometimes I have to tell people that. You do not have to clean your house every it's day. It's almost like it's, it's a level of freedom. Yeah, you it's know, a level of freedom. It's level like, of freedom. well, my mom cleaned her house every day. She also was a stay-at-home mom, and you work... Yeah, so, yeah, like the so, so different. The, the standard is different. So how are you keeping up with someone who, like, now you have two jobs. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's okay to hire a housekeeper. No, you have to clean your own house. Where's that rule? You know, like, we have all of this stuff that we come up with, and it's not our stuff. It's everybody else's. This has been an awesome conversation, and I really appreciate this because it's, for me, it was very open for me, and hopefully... I know it's definitely going to be eye-opening for the people who are watching this or mm-hmm. listening to this on podcast. And I definitely want to have you back on to get deeper into some other conversations. Okay. If possible. Thank you so much. Really appreciate this. I love talking about this stuff. You do? We can just like control. Yeah. You know, just a little Janet Jackson. Because we got to talk about that control thing. <laughs>